thanks for joining us for Couples Inc., where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and in the early 90s, while interning at MTV, I met two of the three members of Tony, Tony, Tony. Turns out none of the band members was actually named Tony. We've been had. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business, and I hung holiday lights backwards the first year I lived in my house, spelling Leon Yodge. It's an alias I still use today sometimes. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to talk about setting goals for your business and then discuss stress relief with licensed therapist Charlie Simpson. If his name sounds familiar, he was our expert interview way back in episode two. Then at the end of the episode, we're going to fess up to some embarrassing stories. So without further ado, let's get started Can't with wait. episode seven of Couples Inc. All right, for our big topic, we're going to talk about setting goals. And um, here's, I was thinking about this, here's a good analogy for how I try to set goals. Okay. As a kid, I love puzzles, and I still do. I still like, you know, crosswords, things like that. But I kind of struggled with the maze. And honestly, I still do, because I eat cereal. Reading, look at the back of the cereal box, I still sometimes, sometimes struggle with with mazes. But they still have those on They still boxes? do. It's amazing, yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. Mm. Oh, I didn't even try. Well, I, I am so good at that. So it, you kind of get a puzzle and it's like, Pirate Jack has lost his treasure. Can you help him get to it? Well, okay, so I, I struggle with that because I always like would go the wrong way. I'd always do them in pencil because I'm like, oh, what's, you know, I'm going to get the wrong thing. Didn't want to commit. Didn't want to commit, yeah, because, you know, you go the wrong way and you're like, oh, I got to go all the way back. I figured something out, and this is like third grade Jody figured this out. I'd start at the finish line. I'd already start at the treasure and then work my way back to the start. When you turn it into the teacher, a line is a line. What? They don't know where you started it. That is cheating. Um, maybe it is. No, it positively is. <laughs> and I want the number of your third grade teacher right now. Let's get oh, her on the no, phone Ms. and patch her in. Oh, bless her heart. To this episode. Okay, so I was creating the path, but I just here's what I figured out is that I would have fewer options because obviously you have the finish line. There's only one way in. So you have fewer lines. So you didn't get, you know, on Skull Island or Cutthroat Cove or whatever the pirate, you know, I guess uh, disaster areas were. You would bypass those because you'd have fewer decisions to make and it seemed to lay out easier. So the reason I bring that up it's kind of the analogy of planning any kind of business goals is you kind of need to start with the finish line in mind sure. and kind of work your way back. It's a lot easier because you don't get distracted by other things. You don't get, you don't go down a wrong path yeah. if you already have the end in mind. So maybe yeah. that's, that's my analogy, maybe not a perfect analogy. And maybe it was also a little bit of a confession on my part. So I feel better about myself cleansed cleansed i do um but mazes kind of reminded me of that whole situation of like well if you know the finish and you start there it just makes things a lot easier and i don't you may have had a better solution for mazes but in terms of business planning you kind of see where i'm going which leads into this episode's big topic Mm -hmm. which is fanfare setting business goals yeah as we both know, it's really easy to get caught up when you first start a business. The chances are that you may already have work in the pipeline. Easy 
to get that mm-hmm. work going and let the thing get out from under you before you have a chance to regroup a little bit and make those plans. Well, and setting goals, it just it it just makes sense. I mean, there is something to be said for aspirations, whether they are like big, huge goals. Uh, like, say, for instance, you want to increase your profits by a certain amount, or smaller goals like maybe a daily thing you want to accomplish. There's mm-hmm. something to be said for taking time to think about those and feeling like you're getting closer to your objective that way. By having those things solidified, you're not just flailing around. You are like, you know, it's like having a GPS. You're going in the in the right direction. One less thing to struggle with. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some things that, in your mind, you kind of think about when you're doing goal setting? To me, the two most important questions really are, who do you want to specifically reach? That would be your target audience, obviously. And number two, what do you want them to specifically do? What is it you're trying to achieve with that call to action? And I like that you use the word specifically, because some people might say, oh, my goal is to grow my business. Mm That's that's a great goal. But do you have a specific group you're going to grow your business with or a certain percentage you want to grow your business by? You need to be thinking in terms of outputs and outcomes. Outputs might be, I'm going to go to 10 networking meetings um, a year. Right. Okay, but your outcomes might be, I'm going to form strong relationships with potentially new customers you know, and that's your ultimate goal. And maybe you set a number yeah. that you want to have yeah. instead of going to 10 or 20 or 100 networking meetings, mm-hmm. you want to solidify 10 new clients with strong relationships. And that becomes an outcome. So when you're setting your goals, it's you got to have the outputs to get to the outcomes, but don't stop there. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yes. On a different note, let's talk about our own strategies. How do you approach planning or setting goals? My goals are flexible and they're really dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to plan too far into the future because I know that whatever plans I make are subject to massive change. We've seen how things have changed the past 18 months. And we've been fortunate in that we've been able to do that pivot and our clients have been able to do it too. This is why we're so good for each other, because I struggle with flexibility. You know, I I am the chart whisperer. Oh, yeah. I love, <laughs> I love, love, love yes. Excel spreadsheets. Oh, my God. Yes. it's I'm Jody, and I love Excel spreadsheets. And they love you Welcome, right back. Jody. So it's like I, you know, I guess go back two years, three years. I had spreadsheets that were basically the year at a glance for all of our clients, uh, individual ones for each client, obviously. I mean, you don't mix the charts. I mean, that's I'm not an animal, okay? <laughs> oh, maniac down here. <laughs> it's, that's Look crazy out. dog. But each with a chart that had the month along the top axis, the the medium that we were using, or the strategy or the tactic along the, the other. So if it was earned media, which is basically news stories, mm-hmm. I had that planned. If it was owned media, which may be an upgrade to the website or graphics we needed, I had things planned, promotions planned, all this stuff. And I am not as flexible. And so that's why we play off each other really, really well. I mean, I can adapt and change at, with, like, with the best of them, but I feel much more comfortable if 
I have that plan laid out. Yeah. And I know that. And that's one of the reasons I love working with you is because you do have that mid and long range picture. You're looking at the forest as well as the trees. And here I am, you know, climbing the trees as, as, <laughs> as I get to them, so to speak. And then you're distracted by a tire and you're like, oh my gosh, I could build a tire swing. And yeah. this is great. But that's, yeah. that kind of works out. You got to have to have a little bit of both. So, you know, we're lucky in that we have that balance here. But that has been a struggle uh, is that not like going into like the last few years without my charts and that's the thing about goal setting is that i need to learn you know i could set big goals right and big you know very specific goals but maybe the tactics the strategies those things need to be flexible and to some extent maybe even the goals will have to be changed you know based on things that happen i mean if we had said we wanted to increase our our profits or our number of clients by a certain amount at the beginning of the pandemic, we would have to say, okay, well, that's not happening because yeah. things aren't going you know, that way, but we're going to do the best we can with what we've got and find other ways to offset that. Yeah. And turn your uh, smallness, the smallness of your business into a strength. We spoke recently with Charlie Simpson about stress relief. Charlie's an experienced therapist specializing in relationship dynamics in a group marriage and or family setting. Charlie, one of the things we hear a lot about stress relief is that it's important to identify your stressors or triggers. Now, that sounds like it's a lot easier said than right. done. Yeah. How do we recognize the stressors? You know, the first sign will be the feeling in your body. You'll feel the resentment, you'll feel the stress, you'll feel the anxiousness, the anxieties. And when you feel those internally, that's a sign that your body does not like what it's what it's going through in that moment. And so when you begin to experience those feelings internally, that's your first sign that there's something that's happening externally that has to become manageable so that you can get to a place where you can manage that resentment, that anger, that stress internally. Right. Now, we know we can't eliminate stress completely, but say we are experiencing stress. What are some techniques or strategies we can use to maybe manage it better and to find relief from it? One of the first things is just being able to first and foremost identify where that stressor hits your body or lands in your body. Oftentimes people feel it in their chest. They feel it in their throat, mouth. But when you're able to identify that feeling, when you feel it, you can then begin to apply techniques to to reduce that stress, whether it's exercising, getting away from the stressors or trying to avoid, or even if, especially for couples, communicating those stressors to your your spouse, that could be one of the biggest stress relievers. If you have that spouse that can provide a safe space for you to let those things out. Now, unfortunately, A lot of the stressors can be extremely overwhelming for individuals, and they tend to lean more toward those negative ways of coping with that stress, such as drugs, alcohol, oversleeping, overeating. And if that's where you are right now, what you would like to do as you move forward is get to a place where you can start adding some more of those positive techniques. You'll then start to decrease some of those negative ways of coping, and then 
again, for the long term, you can have some of those positive strategies to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. Now, is all stress bad necessarily? I mean, is there something bigger that we can learn from the stress in our lives? The biggest component is stress is our body's way of letting us know that something is happening and that we need to protect it. It's our first sign for fight or flight. And if we can really lean into those stressors and pay attention to them, we can see that we can get out of any type of situation. We can find solutions and we can put ourselves in safe situations. Now, uh, obviously, the last year or so, a lot of stress because of the pandemic. Couples in business have kind of two levels of stress. There's owning a business and then being in a couple. Yeah. So you have those kinds of stressors. Um, at what point should... You know, you might you could try to find replacements and strategies like positive things, meditation, walking, et cetera, mm-hmm. better communication. But at what point should you seek additional help, outside resources? Right. Once again, our body is going to give us that sign. And oftentimes stress can become overwhelming for individuals to the point where it builds so much anger, it builds so much resentment that it starts to impact our health. And when you start to get to that point where you can't manage the stress and the stress is is getting the best of you, those are the moments where we might have to seek some type of external professional, whether it's your primary care physician, a mental health professional, you know, somebody in the health and wellness field that can at least get you to a place to slow things down with the stress, help uh, relieve some of that stress. Let's talk about some specific stressors that you think couples in business might face? You know, the the money issues, you definitely have decision-making issues, work-life balance type type of, of situations. And just honestly speaking, we cannot stop those triggers. Things are going to happen business-wise. Things will happen parenting-wise, relationally. Things are going to happen But what's important is when those triggers are triggered, can uh, spouses come together and work through those triggers? Our couples that we work with, the ones that can communicate through those triggers, typically can find ways to lower the stress at home and they find themselves interacting much better in the workplace as well. If they struggle at home communicating and getting through those triggers, Chances are home is going to be impacted. Work is going to be impacted. Resentment, a lot of things will begin to build. And then that couple will begin to move into a place of hopelessness. And then you will start to see this emotional disconnect that will happen. But it is important that that couples do learn the the, the art of communicating so that they can get through those moments when, when stress is triggered. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jody. Uh, welcome back to the water cooler. You know what? Mm-hmm. Embarrassing stories are funny to share at the water cooler. Mm, yeah. Are we getting in dangerous ground here? Maybe. Why don't okay. you share an embarrassing story with me? I'll dive in head first. When I, this is many years ago, when I worked uh, in radio, uh-huh. I had the occasion to be working just a couple of doors down from the men's room, which was highly convenient. The lights in that room, in the bathroom, were timed. Sure. Energy and, savers. And hooked to a motion sensor. 
so that if nothing moved after a short period of time, the lights would go out. There were no windows, so you'd be in complete darkness, which is where I found myself in the middle of taking care of my daily constitutional. And after about three minutes, I think, bang, no light. So I tried first. There was a magazine <laughs> that was there in the stall with me, throwing it and seeing if the motion would set off the lights and I take it it did get another three minute cycle. No, that didn't work. Wait, was it on a three minute cycle? Yeah, three minutes wow. is all you got, unless there. You know, if you're in front of the lavatory practicing your draw or something, sure. or in the mirror, yeah, then yeah, you you got that three minutes covered. Well, you're moving, cycle. so that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. But in the stall, they they don't know that you're in the stall the powers that control those lights. <laughs> so the only other option that I had was to open the stall and try to move around <laughs> like a crab that had been beached. I'm taking it your pants are still down in your ankles. Still down, yeah. No no trousers, no nothing. And you're flailing around. I'm flailing I'm trying around to visualize in the this. dark trying uh -huh. to set that thing off. If and tell anybody, me no one came in. No. If anybody <laughs> had though, that would have been probably grounds for dismissal. Maybe grounds for dismissal, but they would also have a really great story to tell. Now my turn. All right. Okay. As I mentioned in our intro, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to intern at MTV. This is back when they actually still played music music videos. The M was still on MTV. Yes. So, and one way I was able to do this is that um, I have an amazing aunt and uncle, and at that point, a cousin too, who lived in Hoboken, which is just, you know, right off of um, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And they let me stay with them for a while. Nice. But before I went to their place, I decided to stop in central Jersey, visit with my grandparents for a few days. It was a great, great time. Um, then I was going to take the train to Hoboken. Right. Well, my grandfather fixed an old Mickey Mouse toothbrush holder, and he wanted me to give it to my cousin, who was just three years old at the time. And so I'm like, sure, I'll take it. No problem. I'll just put it in the bottom of this roller bag with an open top, foreshadowing. The bottom of this roller bag, the top is open, yeah. okay? So I get off the train. I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, ooh, I'm here in the big city. Yes, Hoboken is not the big city for it's some people. Enough. It's big enough. It's and big it was, enough. you know, a girl from Richmond, Kentucky going there. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can do this. So I get off the train and I set off on, uh, it's going to be a 14-block walk to their apartment. So when I stepped off the curb, the roller bag hit a bump. Oh, no. Set off the toothbrush holder. Of course it did. Okay, so I tried to reach in. Because remember, this is an open bag. It was a roller bag. Try to reach in, but there are people bustling all around me. They're, they got places to go, but I, I can't reach it, and I can't get to it. It's way down in the bottom of the bag. So for the next 14 blocks, I was serenaded by Mickey Mouse singing. I can't do an impersonation, but I will try. Brush, brush, brush your teeth each and every day. Up and down and round and round. Brush decay away. And when I say over and over it was the entire time for 14 blocks. It didn't shut off? It did not shut off ever. Then I thought, okay, this is my defense. I can use it to make sure no one bothers me for the entire 14 blocks. I walked with confidence. Yeah. Because nobody was going to mess with someone carrying a bag singing about... You're the man. Brushing your teeth. No. <laughs> You'd think that the batteries would run a little bit. Oh, lower. yeah. Like, brush, brush, brush. Oh, like that would be better? <laughs> it would sound a little more menacing. At least it would sound menacing, but at least I feel like maybe I saved some teeth that day. You know, people were like, yeah, 
I do need to brush decay away. You were viral before viral was viral. I was. So anyway, that's my embarrassing story. But it's weird that both of ours had something to do with... The bathroom. The bathroom. Yeah. But isn't that where all embarrassing stories are? Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.